From Oaxaca to LA, La Serranita was created by two sisters, Melina and Anaí Cruz Bautista, as a project to not only reflect and grow, but to also honor the communities that have raised them. Join these two sisters as they attempt to make sense of their upbringing on borrowed land. And again, as always, welcome to the space. What's up, y'all? This is Ani and Melly back with another episode of La Serranita. Today's episode is titled Imperfect Organizing as Ani and I sit down and reflect back on our journey as community organizers. Yeah, so for today's episode, we're really going to look at how we got to becoming organizers and how it's going. Um, for those who don't know, I feel like Ani and I have really talked about why we do the work we do, but again, we did start at a very young age, and I feel like I, I myself had forgotten that, um, but we did grow up, and I think we've talked about it here, but we have grown up in LA, and we did grow up going to Magnolia Elementary School, so that's where I first started, like, taking up space in, like, not just a classroom, but, like, community events, mm, Yeah. so we started, like, meeting up after school, I think that's where I like dedicating my most of my time, because, again, we didn't have much to do back home, so Ani, I, I, I made sure she like came with me to like every um, after school session, but it was really cool. Yeah, um, for those that don't know, I think y'all should catch on by now, but Melly is two years older than me. And as like my older sister, she kind of implemented like the importance of organizing or being in community to me. And not only did Melly implement that onto me, but also our parents implemented that onto both of us. Yes. Um, as you may know, we have Oaxacan parents, and I think to us and to them, it naturally came to be like just being leaders or organizing and Listening making sure. Listening to the community, I think. Yes, being in, in, in connection with the community and organizing together, um, one individually to see how they can help out the community, but then always tying it back to these community relations and connections and friendships essentially so through our parents and I think it's a big thing in Oaxacan culture like just being really connected to your pueblo your community your people um, we got that at, at a really young age but yes I think tying it back to I guess the opportunities that we saw in elementary school um, I think Meli mentions like when we talk about like our reflection as community organizers, um, what was that program called? Um, the the reading program that that's where we like started oh, um, going on on the weekends to school. We were every Saturday. Yeah, yes. we were at school um, at Magnolia Monday to Friday, but then we were also there Saturdays. Like I think it was like in fourth grade. You were in fourth grade. Yes. Okay, that makes more sense. Meaning I was in second grade. Mm-hmm. So I was like six. Wait, how old are you when you're in second grade? I'm lying. You were eight? Whatever. Seven, I don't know. Seven, eight years old? I think there? so. And I don't even know why we would... I mean, we didn't <laughs> We didn't care about reading. <laughs> we for sure did not go for the reading. It was definitely because we're comadres at heart. Like, all I wanted to do on Saturdays was head to school, hang out with my friends for a few hours, then Jeez, go back yeah. home. Yes, like... The cheese was real and like we had to catch up because you know Monday through Friday was not enough. We needed that extra day. Yeah. <laughs> I think also just growing up the way we did, poor, like we just didn't want to be home. There's nothing to do and like we just 
whenever we find like an opportunity to be at school or just be with our friends meaning like I guess that's where we like knew being in community yes. we're like all right let's go like let's do it and um I guess us being in like a pair when we were younger <laughs> my mom would be like okay if you both go yeah I don't care where you're at as long as you're together and like mm-hmm. looking out for each other so Melly and I would get into some shit like and it was like the funniest thing ever because it would just be the both of us and it'd be like with her friends or my friends and then we'd both be like I guess in our own communities and then always just walk home together and that's where my mom was a little bit more at ease to like oh they're together so I know they're good um but I think yeah at that young age we were always at school but not because like we like school I mean (laughs) I I think we talk about this more but I am more connected to school for sure but even then it was because I wanted to be with my friends or I just didn't want to be home and Melly would drag me to either this event or that event and that's just kind of how it played out another thing that was so cool would be like when we would find friends that had siblings that were around the same age as us it'd be like so cool to just connect and be like okay now we can all be friends and then it again gave us an excuse to like expand our friend group so Annie and I have had this again from a very young age yeah connections came from all different places it's been amazing to like again sit down and reflect for sure so naturally for us it was really easy to find these connections and make these friendships and build this community even like in magnolia like we were really young in elementary and it just came naturally to us and i think again i brought it up at the beginning of the episode but going back to it it has a lot to do with our parents and the fact that we grew up as oaxaqueñas like our parents taught us different values Exactly. When it came to us going to the Pueblo for the first time, again, we were very young and and our grandma always installed that se les saluda a todos. Yeah, for sure. I think the first time I went, I was like six years old. Um, My Spanish wasn't like the best, to be honest. But even then, my grandma was like, I don't care. Um, I was also like a really shy girl. And I was like, oh, my God, like I have to say hi to everyone in like um, Spanish or in Zapoteco. And I was like, I can't. And my grandma was also like, no, I don't care. This is how we do it here. Like you show respect. Um, You're like basically representing like the Bautista name. And I'm just like, you're right. Like coming back to L.A., también era lo mismo. So our parents, again, reminded us that we always acknowledge our neighbors because it's something that you just genuinely do yeah es de corazón right um and then another thing our parents were also very much involved in the comites from their pueblos um that were established here in la um that essentially looked to help out their pueblos back in oaxaca and through this they gained a lot of leadership skills then they also organized fiestas um they had like raffles ventas de comida anything that will help them um get money to send back to yalina or um, our dad's pueblo and through that we like very much saw what leadership looked like what organizing um looked like and even then um our mom would have a lot of the meetings over at her store like she used to host and my mom does come from a very loving family that like just would always host um even back in the pueblo growing up our grandma would always be known to like have her doors open for the community for sure that's also one thing we like i guess hosting people and like we're very giving like our mom was always like if you have it if you're able to Mm -hmm. do it what's stopping you um 
especially if you do it um, from coming from the right place again de corazón um, our mom wasn't yeah prior to even obtaining the position as treasurer for her comité she just naturally she was like I mean I'm not really part of the board but I have um, she had a um, a good amount of space in her old shop and she's like if I have it like y'all can use it um, she literally took time out of her day and it was like all of this is unpaid right yes. and they do it just cause they're trying to help out their pueblo they're trying to like be in community cause again I think that also comes from like a whole other topic that we could dedicate another episode to right but the fact that migration and being here as Oaxaqueñas can be sometimes lonely so our mom has definitely said like She's been honest and transparent about that. And she's like, whenever you find the opportunity to build community and um, stay in that community, like, you'll do anything that, like, will help them out. Um, and one of those was, like, hosting the meetings at her shop. And then, again, trying her best to ask herself, how can I help? How can I do more as um, a community member, right? Right. And keeping in mind that, again, it is free labor. So even knowing, like, I don't have the money right now, but I do have the space. So again, it, it's kind of like the way we transfer. Yes, it doesn't have to be monetary, mm. but it's there. Like, I love us. Like, I love yeah. how we, and not just like us as a family, but like as Oaxaqueños, as community members, as Angelinos. I feel like so many of us have shown up where it's like, dang, yeah, yeah, we do live in a city that has everything, but we're also like very damn poor. You get me? Like, For sure. Like, even then, they'll be like, damn, well, she i don't have the money but i got the time like how can i how can i help and i think that's also like through our experience as community organizers it's the people with like less meaning monetary mm-hmm. m- monetarily um that are also like well i can't help in terms of donations but hey if you need a volunteer you got me and i'm like damn like y'all are We're really down, down. Yes. <laughs> the fact that our parents held these positions organized these events and obtained these skills i guess at a young age Melly and i naturally picked up on these things but we didn't really see it or it wasn't really apparent to us until high school and Melly and I have completely different experiences. I attended Miguel Contreras, um, specifically the School of Social Justice. And I attended Belmont High School and I was in the multimedia department. Yeah, so I feel like that fits us really yes. well. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know Melly, like in like personally, she's very much a creative in terms of like her photography and I've very much like in terms of the books I love reading about like these social justice movements and stuff like that yeah she knows her history (laughs) yeah so I feel like those those two academies for us fit us really well but with these different schools we we really did a lot Mm -hmm. um we learned a lot and we built I guess our own separate community um they're both part of the Belmont Zone of Choice um, near like downtown, Westlake, Pico Union, that area. If y'all know where either MC or Belmont is at, then y'all know they're not too far off from each other. That's where we went to high school. And Melly, do you want to talk about like your experience, I guess what you did at your time at Belmont? Um, and then I'll, I'll probably go ahead and say my stuff. Yes, yeah. So I actually transferred from the Valley over to Belmont my second year and it was super weird. Um, I definitely felt like, okay, I'm back in LA, it's good. But I also didn't know c- what community really looked like yet. At least going to school at Belmont, I was super new. But it's so dope to like see 
what the multimedia department or like the multimedia academy had to offer. I was very into photography even before joining multimedia and then I found like photography and I fully like ran with it from I think my sophomore year up to my like senior year and today it's been really cool because I was able to like host a lot of the events through the multimedia leadership and I also created a lot of really good friendships there we started organizing like school dances, community events, um, a lot of different things. And again, you just had fun while organizing with your friends. So that's always been dope to see. Yeah, I think naturally for you, I guess our family already saw like how social you were since you were young. Like, especially me, cause I was with you like 24 <laughs> seven. I saw you like make hella friendships, just talk to literally anyone and I'm social, but, like, I think I've mentioned this, like, not as social as Melly, so I'm always, like, impressed. And in high school, I was more, like, I mean, Melly has, she likes school, but, like, she struggles. <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't love it, and, like, she struggles a little bit. She was always that, that daughter to, like, kind of struggle with her grades a little bit, and, like, compared to me, I was, like, always, like, I guess a A student. I really enjoyed school. Um, I, well, I enjoy school because I'm still in school. And I don't know. That's why I guess we were a little bit different. But in high school, we kind of, yeah, had the same thing where it's like it was about leadership and organizing. For me, um, my freshman year wasn't the best just because I, I, I think that's why I was like, Ugh, I don't really like high school. It's kind of whack. Like just I think the teachers, um, they weren't they weren't teaching to the best of their ability so I was kind of like over it oh yeah you had a really wild freshman year yeah so like my freshman year I was like kind of failing some classes and I was like eh, I don't care about it then my sophomore year I got back into like all right like school's not that whack I guess I met a really dope teacher who ended up being my mentor for all of high school she introduced me to some clubs and she was like build community and I was like you know what you're right like I lost sight of that um and through that I held leadership positions in different clubs at school I think like I juggled like five clubs at mm -hmm. once and um the I really liked my high school because it really centered on different social justice movements and like topics so through that we got a lot of like clubs introduced at our school so me interested in like so many different topics i took on like five and it's a small school too so like i don't know getting involved was really easy and natural for me and then my junior and senior year i was also like um serving in leadership positions for like our school and stuff like that and through that i like really i guess expanded my skills in terms of organizing and um like i was involved in gsa and we did like um a day of silence which is like our really big semester event um it's one of the most important events that happens at my high school and i organized that starting like all well, my sophomore year i kind of like dipped my toe in like what it meant to organize this huge event then junior year i kind of did it by myself and then senior year i really like did it um and obviously with the help of like the rest of the committee but it was kind of a big event and 
people were like making me nervous because they're like this is a big deal like you had to outreach to different people um I think it was my senior year, my junior year, I reached out to Zuli. Yes. And I reached out, like, and with the help of Melly, like, um, Melly got me in contact with Zuli and Charlie. Charlie. And it was a really, really beautiful event. But even then, I was like, damn, like, outreaching is a thing. Like, you, you get in contact with folks that have the same, I guess, passion or interest. And I invited them to be um, guests for the event. And then it was just a really nice time to be in community. Um, and through that, like, I learned different skills, right, that I, I guess we naturally had. But really, in high school, we, like, really f- expanded those. And we were, like, all hands on deck, basically, for different things that we were passionate about. So, me, it was mainly, like, the different clubs I was in. And for Melly, it was, like, her photography, things she could do for the school, different events. Again, the same, like, how we can get community more involved. Yes. And also, like, for the first time, our parents saw that, okay, our daughters are doing it because they were of so much help. Like, they knew, like, we were juggling school and these events. So, I would always tell my parents, like, okay, I have this event going on what is the best way i can you know go about it or yeah, yeah go about it or like who do i contact so it's always cool to like see the connections we do have because it was either like our parents could pick up a phone call or like make a quick phone call and say here like go to this place or charge this much and see how how your committee goes about it right and it's yeah. been so cool because for the first time it wasn't just the Oaxacan community it was like the LA community and it was again people our age we were serving and like or serving with yeah for sure even then like yeah they would just kind of guide us and sometimes again if you're a community organizer you would know sometimes you encounter like obstacles things like oh how do I go about this or like and we would talk to our parents about it like we're kind of stuck mm-hmm. how, how do we handle this situation and it was mainly like make ensuring that everyone has a say in this um, everyone that's affected etc and like different um, I guess obstacles or situations that you have to kind of manage as an organizer as a community member as someone of I guess a leadership position if, if that's what you call it but um, they were a, a, a big help during our high school time for sure and even then we wanted to cover the fact that not only again not only were our parents like organizers um, for their specific pueblos but as we mentioned before our parents are business owners so that kind of played another huge role, role yes. yeah <laughs> we picked up the ability of like having customer service so so quickly right like I feel I took over a lot of the not not the store completely but like when my mom would be like okay I have to step out I'll be gone for like five ten minutes like Melina do you have it under control and I'll be like no I don't but like I have to so I need like help me out but I'd be like the one to greet the person to like ring them up and mm-hmm. like all right have a good day to this day like there's been times where I st- we still do it but it's been like my mom always like acknowledges that and she just kind of laughs off laughs it off when people like oh I I thought like I called and I thought it was you but it was your daughter like little instances (laughs) like that yeah we're just like dang we really got it from our mama like she 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 got us like that and I love it no for real we literally saw our mom manage a whole ass business Mm -hmm. and sometimes it wasn't easy so sometimes she'd help like we'd help her Melly more so than me just because again 
she's older than me so my mom would naturally put the role on her rather than me and she'd be like Melly I'm gonna go down the street to buy this like but I don't want to close the store if a client comes like you know what to do and Melly's like shit like not really but I got you and I would see Melly like and again my Spanish isn't the best as Melly so Melly would like greet them and it was mainly Spanish speaking customers so she'd greet them handle the business and through that I kind of picked up on it but even then like yeah Melly gained that skill we both kind of already knew what customer service what proper customer service looked like right and how our mom always just our mom has always gotten that compliment where it's like you feel like you're handling business with a friend like she's really whether she knows you or not she'll make you feel comfortable at ease and like just I guess that's like one thing she's really good at as a business leader. She's just so nice and like welcoming. So our mom has always, I guess, reminded us of that. Like make people feel, you know, cared for. Make them like start conversation. Like just do different things to make your customers feel safe and valued, right? So that customer service and those skills we gain like through seeing our mom handle a business that not only translated into like allowing us to get a job like kind of I guess easily we our mom was like you're very much capable of doing this like come on get it together (laughs) let's go not only that right like we started working so like we did that but even then I guess now that we're reflecting especially on how we got here um we talked to our mom about this and like the customer service I guess skills that come with it have easily translated into our skills as organizers like building these conversations this space just talking you know providing a welcoming environment and just overall being like social and like greeting the individual being nice like we meet so many people when we organize and we're able to like maintain these conversations and like check in with them and that's easily like what our mom has taught us and through her different experiences right so if we take into consideration the fact that she owns a business her leadership skills that we already touched upon just naturally what the skills that come with being Oaxacan like all these things that our parents kind of embodied onto us have naturally led us here today. Um, and we've seen that through beginning in elementary, beginning in Magnolia, moving on to our high school experience, and then again, translating into our college experience, um, either through our work, like our employment, <laughs> or our work as community members. For sure, I feel like as a family, we've definitely sat down and talked about the new opportunities we've encountered this year, especially with the pandemic going on and the importance of unlearning, relearning, and constantly reflecting with one another in order for us to be better organizers and allowing us to like, of course, be as inclusive as possible. That is why for today's episode, we titled it Imperfect Organizing because while Melly and I are aware that through our experiences, um, we felt more than capable to become organizers and do these different events for our communities, we're always aware of the fact that there's something we can be doing to be better. There's always room for improvement, right? Um, and we were also talking to our mom about this. We talk to her about this all the time, mm-hmm. but 
she mentioned, um, we're about to quote our, our mom here. She says, cuando lo haces de corazón, todo sale bien. And like, I feel like that, that speaks a lot of truth because when you're doing it for the right reasons, yeah, there's something that can be done better. Like, you know, there's always something that you can do to make your efforts just more inclusive or be done in like a smoother process, you know. Um, but when you're doing it from your heart, when you're doing it just because you want to help folks out, like there's always a positive in what you're doing and it it's successful just because you're achieving something that you naturally just wanted to do. Um, not for a title, not for any recognition, just like out of your own heart, right? Instead of asking what can be done for me in exchange for my time, my labor, you're doing it just because you know, instead of something that can be done for you, it's something that you could be doing for someone else. Yes, it's not an individual win. It's like we all win together. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Meli mentioned this when we were talking about it, um, if we're not good, individually if there's things we have to sort out then our community isn't good if there's like tension if there's different things that arise because we're not doing it in like our authentic form we're not doing it de corazón then it reflects yeah it it shows for the people outside they're gonna be like yeah they're i mean their community ain't right so we definitely talk about that, like getting it together and doing it for the right reasons and doing it because you want to help, not because you want someone to help you in the long run. Like, it's just, it's literally just naturally you feel as an urge within you to help other people and that's it. Um, but we were also just talking about, I guess, with leadership and community organizing in general um there shouldn't be a hierarchy um someone's better than someone else right it's everyone's equal everyone's doing the same work and they're doing it de corazón Mm -hmm. so it's you know no one's like in a higher position than someone else right but what ends up happening especially with like roles like leadership roles um I guess there's a hierarchy that's implemented, but even then, naturally, I guess the way we're kind of set up within this world that is capitalism, you think that you need to have like a specific specific position. You need to think like, oh, well, I'm above this person or I manage this individual. Like as a community organizer, if you're working with other folks in the community, you're all in like an evil, an evil, oh my God, an even playing field. So no one's above the other, right? Um, and Melly and I talk about this because there's like, that's where I guess tensions can arise. There's different things that can happen where someone feels like I'm superior, you're inferior, like I'm better than you because um, I've done more or I've accomplished more. Like, no. People can have power trips and that's also why we we should have these conversations, right? Where it's right. Like, chill before you know like hey let's reflect (laughs) let's unlearn some some of these i guess habits that we've gotten through capitalism um and let's let's come together as a community and have these conversations and i think that's what we wanted to do today just because in general um i guess through our reflection as um organizers we're like yeah this power trip that's kind of like toxic and um again it makes the community not good in terms of like being collective and united 
So when it comes to power structures, Annie and I can for sure give you two different perspectives. The fact that yes, we are community organizers, but yet we're still completely different. Again, I'm 23, Annie's 20, and she's currently in school and I decided to like not continue school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Melly ended up dropping out her second year of college. Yes. And I am currently continuing my education at Berkeley. Um, and I think when we talk about this power trip, we, when we were talking about it, we were really reflecting on like, I asked, I'm like, how, how does this happen? Like, why do we get there? And one of the main reasons that people get into this power trip um, is because of the titles they obtain, the, the things they achieve, which yes, you should be recognized for and congratulated for, but sometimes these um, achievements and these academic titles can sometimes play a role in like the harm you introduce. So I guess for me, like implementing that perspective as a current college student, um, I for sure, I mean, I attend a school, a UC basically, and a school like Berkeley has honestly, they implement such a God complex within this school because it's known as like one of the best public universities. And like since my since the beginning at Berkeley, it's the reason imposter syndrome hits so hard is because you're supposed to be in school with like the best of the best, the smartest people, right? And that God complex is very much implemented since the beginning. They're like, you're here for a reason, you're capable, you're smart, you're more than capable of achieving certain things. Um, And with that, like for folks who are to go on to achieve like really great things, right? Like one, good for them, um, especially if you come from like a minority background, low income, different obstacles that made it really hard for you to achieve these things, right? Hell yeah, that's dope. Like, good for you. But, again, because you're fed this God complex, like, you're better than everyone. You're, you're just, you've gone above and beyond. You, you've obtained these academic titles. If, like, one, you complete your bachelor's degree from a prestigious school, like UC Berkeley, Harvard, Stanford, you know, like, people feed you this, like, wow, you're, like, really great. Um, And, right, like, okay congrats on completing such such a hard um education process especially as like a person of color right um but i guess through that it's really easy to feel like you're someone like great that has like this higher authority just because of your because you got a bachelor's from uc berkeley um or from harvard you think damn i'm like the shit right um And then also, if you go on to pursue a master's or a PhD and you're just like, damn, I'm really it. Um, Yeah, I will forever like applaud your hard work, but also that should not equate to you being at a higher authority than other individuals in the community just because you've obtained a degree or multiple degrees while some community members didn't go on to achieve the same things you did academically that does not mean they are not capable they are not smart like literally i've learned the most from community members than some of these professors at this so-called amazing university right um 
And it's because I think I, I mentioned this to Meli, like I've learned a lot of um, Freire's work, which is if y'all are um, knowledgeable, aware. aware of Paulo Freire's work, especially like the pedagogy of the press um, and his work overall centers on listening to community members and providing a classroom environment um, that allows for y'all to have like an actual conversation rather than like the figure of higher authority teaching and taking up the entire space in the classroom instead of having that individual, which is typically the teacher, um, take up this space. Instead, it's the, the student and the teacher in conversation, in dialogue with each other. And it's not what can the teacher do for the student, but what can y'all do for each other? How can you share your experiences, reflections, etc., in order to grow as individuals in society? Um, and I think I've had this conversation with some of my professors, some of my classmates, like the fact that our, and I, I say this a lot because our youth are really like, the most knowledgeable people we can pay attention to because they're giving us this fresh perspective, their opinions, and they're really, some of the youth that I've encountered are the most blunt individuals <laughs> in the world. And I'm just like, damn, y'all are so confident and amazing. And like through Paulo Freire's work, um, I really recommend y'all read his work, um, but or just like watch YouTube videos because honestly, it's really fascinating. Not only like his work, but also just his life. Um, for those that don't know, he's I think Brazilian, um, and I was just whatever. I was just in awe with what I learned. But I always tell Meli with every academic reading that I have, I always tie it back to like community. And before I learned this from any white man and author, I learned this through my experiences as a community member, as a young individual growing up in the hood. I was like, shit, not only, like I know this because I lived it and I always connect that to whatever reading I have, right? And we were just talking about like the importance of listening to our youth because they're very much aware of the inequalities, the different injustices that we face within this system and and like within our different systems, right? For sure, we definitely have to pass a mic, especially to the youth. Shout out to y'all. But when it comes to these qualifications and academic achievements, that all gets thrown out the window when organizing. I feel like we definitely touch upon like our lived experiences, like keeping it real and all while like trying to implement authenticity it's been amazing to see like each of us come out and like serve our communities again the same reason but with our own little different touch um we're all so unique and it's so cool to like see us take up space yeah so it's really important for us to pass the mic um definitely to our youth and in general anyone in the community just because it's very important to hear all of our voices we all have different lived experiences and it's really essential for us to provide those different perspectives. And we're all capable of taking up this space equally, right? Um, but again, like I guess as we've reflected, there's sometimes community spaces that, that can grow a little bit toxic or certain individuals that like it can sometimes get messy just because like in academic spaces or in other environments that you're 
in um, they can sometimes feed you this God complex or the different like I guess titles that you hold can can contribute to you getting this um, power trip that Meli mentioned before right and it's when we get there it can be tricky for our community because it provides a different um, not so healthy environment for some of our community members and that's definitely not what we're trying to um, encounter in our community spaces and so with that Meli and I reflect and we talk about the importance of being transparent authentic being aware of any of our internal struggles that we need to work on um, in order to avoid them affecting others in the long run right as community members as community organizers we're very much aware that there's something that can sometimes be of harm to other individuals and we want to try our best to avoid that and so that's why i think i'm really happy that we do this as sisters because we hold each other accountable we have these conversations we're always like looking to improve and do better and um along with our mom like we obviously our mom is like very community oriented and she also talks about like there's certain things like either our community or me as a community member like we have to change and um she's also provided us with that space of being like open to criticism and being aware and reflecting right definitely like sitting down with your self-awareness as well like oh dang i i'm in the wrong or i can be better by improving communication skills even um it's been it's also been tough right we can't say like we can't glorify this entire process because it can be an emotional it can be a long process it's not going to happen from one day to another we have Mm -hmm. to keep that in mind but also sit with gratitude that we do have a space where we can unlearn while still being in community or unlearn while with community because Mm -hmm. I feel like and I always every space I enter I try to remind folks this but we are not born with this knowledge Mm -hmm. yes we can have these community skills from like right off the bat but we do not know these titles what what any of this means until we physically do the work right Mm -hmm. so también keep in mind yeah no, no me voy a creer la cosa like you know I'm not I'm not the savior of all of this, keeping Mm -hmm. in mind that, like, I don't have all the answers, but can you help me? Can you, can I be vulnerable with you right now? And again, it's not easy. Especially looking at youth, like, they're not born with the answers. They're not born with the skills. Like, it's it's picked up, it's Mm -hmm. learned the same way we learned it from our parents and different community members. These younger folks are learning it. And, I mean, we're young ourselves. You know, we're so young. (laughs) And we're still learning like we don't have all the answers and that's the case for most of our friends who are around our age they're learning as they go and that's not a bad thing at all um but then that's where like folks who have been in this game for a really long time we need to have that dialogue i think our mom like being older she's like hey i've been doing this for a while let's have this conversation on how y'all can do it um better than I did because I've learned lessons I've um, definitely like learned from my wrongs or I've picked up things that I could have done better so let me teach you and that's why we've been able to do the work at like beginning at a young age but unless the older generations have these conversations with us 
we're just gonna kind of be left in the dust mm-hmm. we would have been left in the dust Melly and I just to, like figure things out on our own right or actually just like ignore what just happened and don't ever talk about it again like no there was something wrong there like how can we be better let's yeah. fix it and how do we learn from it, it? Yeah. yes yeah definitely like how we learn from it how we can take these lessons um and like have them help us right and unless there's equal effort from the younger generations with the older generations then we're, we're we really have to work to in order to get the ball rolling yeah again. <laughs> yeah get the ball rolling and learn from each other um yep. because again like we said it's not only these people meaning like older generations that have all the answers um the youth have equal knowledge and we can really learn from each other and i think that's what meli and i have really reflected on and like we want to let y'all know that we really have to urge each other to start these conversations and make sure we're always looking to provide that space to grow to have yeah have these conversations exactly but that's kind of all we have for today in terms of where imperfect our organizing <laughs> yes this is what we call imperfect organizing again a lot of you are around the same age as us and again we don't have it all figured out and but that's not a bad thing heck I think that's, no yeah. yeah it's beautiful this does bring us to the end of our third episode imperfect organizing let us know what y'all thought of <laughs> anything that we talked about today or if you yourself have any more tips i know there's like a whole other thing we could get into in terms of like how to be better organizers um i think this was more like just us reflecting and like just acknowledging that yeah it is it does get hard yeah um but for sure leave down any tips that you've learned um through your experiences what can be done better what um what do you think works as an organizer for you that may be helpful for us as well and also acknowledging the fact that yeah there are people in our community again doing the work and trying to grow with us so again passing the mic is very important shout out to everyone who's out here doing the work but this does conclude our third episode thank you all so much for joining us now, Ani, can you please introduce our outro song of the day? For sure. So shout out to Leslie for letting us use her song for today's episode. For those that don't know, Leslie is a Central American artist who's on the come up here in Los Angeles. And, you know, soon everybody's going to know her name. But for those who want to connect with her on Instagram, her at is Flor Leslie double E. But again, we're going to be putting her Instagram handle at the bottom of today's description. And on YouTube, you can literally just search her up. Um, She's just Les, so L-E-S, that's it. And we'll be putting that information again. But for today's episode, we want to feature her Brown Girls Dreaming track featuring Bella the Rapper. And when Melly and I were reflecting as community organizers, of course, the work we do is for community members. But specifically, we really do it for the brown girls out there. The girls who look like us, the girls who grew up like us. And this song 
embodies that perfectly it's such a hype song so when Melly and I heard it we're like we have to add it we have to put y'all on yes when y'all are feeling down I highly suggest y'all turn this up so amazing thank you Les and Bella the rapper for this gem I truly appreciate y'all yes for real we're super grateful for your work um but this does conclude episode three so bye y'all goodbye everyone se cuidan but here we leave you with brown girls dreaming featuring bella the rapper yeah less on the beat never did i think i'd be living so free i just want to thank god for making me me brown skin mommy i'm as fly as can be yeah head up in the sky i'm as high as can be real queen from l.a this my dynasty bringing all my people to the top with me if you ain't rocking with me now then come and rock with me uh. i'm just gonna Even if it kill me, I'm a pretty little thing, but I'm G'd up. Brown pride, so you know I got my dreams up. All my ladies looking good, put your cups up. In LA, so you know we put our dubs up. I'm just gonna live my life. Can nobody tell me what to do? All of my dreams, I'm about to make them all come true. Yeah, you know what it is. LA's my city. Go, 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 shawty.